0: Uh, This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets. Rappaport to the Rescue with Jill
1: Rappaport.
0: Welcome to Rappaport to the Rescue. I'm Joe Rappaport. And today I'm going to reflect back on my first show on Pet Life Radio, which was way back in June. Oh, those were the good old days. (laughs) Now, the reason that I'm doing this will lead into my very special relationship that began almost 35 years ago with my guest today. We'll get to that in a moment. But on that very first show, I talked about how I started out in the business. And it wasn't as an animal advocate, which I've been my whole life, but instead it was as an entertainment reporter. I began my career at WCBS with a segment called Center Stage All the News You Can Use in the Hollywood biz. It was the first of its kind in New York City. From there, I landed the coveted job on NBC's Today Show as their entertainment reporter. I got to meet true legends, and I don't throw that word around lightly. I mean real legends. I had breakfast at Tiffany's with Audrey Hepburn, dinner at Patsy's with Frank Sinatra, and I got to cuddle, and I mean close cuddle, with George Clooney for his very first national interview on the Today Show when he was co-starring on ER. I bantered with Brad, as in Pitt, and the last film I interviewed him for was Spy Game, and his co-star on that film is the love of my life, Robert Redford who I've had the pleasure of interviewing several times. He's even on the cover of my book, People We Know, Horses They Love, which happened to be a New York Times bestseller. Not to be a little braggadocious or a lot. And I even got to do air sparring with the one and only Muhammad Ali. I've had such a blessed career and continue to have one thanks to my work now for Animals in Need. And I feel So fortunate to have had these opportunities, but perhaps one of the greatest gifts I have received from all of my years on the red carpet is my relationship, the bond I have formed with my guest today, Christy Brinkley, who is one of the most compassionate and sweetest people you'll ever meet, and one smart, savvy cookie. And did I also mention that I introduced her to the true love of her life? This one happens to be on four legs. It's her rescue pooch, Chester. We'll hear all about that very special bond and her amazing career when we come back one-on-one with Christy. Stay tuned.
2: Want to know who the latest trendsetters are in Hollywood?
0: How about Irish setters? Find out who's been spotted with spots, chowing with their chow, and shopping for Gucci with their Poochie. Get get the scoop on all the latest celebrity pet patter right here. Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets.
1: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
0: Welcome back to Rappaport to the Rescue. I'm Jill Rappaport. And as you heard in the beginning of the show, my very special guest today happens to be one of my closest friends. And what an incredible career this woman has. She has been in the beauty industry over 45 years, even though she doesn't look a day over 35. She's appeared on over 500 magazine covers She's been on the big screen in hit movies, Who Could Forget Her Role in National Lampoon's Vacation. She's been in multiple TV series, music videos, Uptown Girl, sorry, Billy. She has been on Broadway not once but twice, starring as Roxy Hart in the Tony Award-winning musical Chicago. She's a two-time New York Times best-selling author, and wait, there's more. She's the face of Total Gym, America's best-selling piece of at-home fitness equipment. And with her great passion and her love of gardening and her two green thumbs... Christy started a victory garden during the COVID quarantine, where she and her family all worked together to raise organic vegetables. She is a true powerhouse businesswoman. And under her brand, Brinkley Beauty, there's more. Christy has an exclusive line of organic Prosecco called Bellissima from Treviso, Italy. And all this week, Christy will be taking center stage on QVC to promote her Bellissima starting on Wednesday night. The list goes on and on. Is there any time left in the show? Not after rattling off everything you've done. Now I mentioned in the open how I made the match between you and Chester, your rescue dog. I know that he means the world to you.
1: Actually, you found him during my last divorce and he was meant to be for Sailor. Right. And she really, you know, she really needed a little puppy in her life. So he came in looking like, I thought we have to name him Bond, James Bond. <laughs> because he came in with a red turtleneck sweater on. <laughs> and remember that? Yes. The little red turtleneck sweater. And he was just so adorable. And he filled his purpose with Sailor and, you know, was Sailor's little teeny puppy. And now he's morphed (laughs) into my protector. He is the most faithful, loyal, and he takes his job very seriously. You know, he (laughs) really believes he is on this planet to protect me and be there for me. And I got to tell you, every single time I come out of the bathroom, I open up the bathroom door, like after I've had my shower, and he's sitting there with his back to the bathroom door in a little position, like on alert, and he turns around and gives me the sweetest little look like, okay, good, you're okay. You know, (laughs) And, and it just touches my heart every single time. I just think it's so adorable. And Nobody has ever looked at me the way Chester does. Oh, I find that hard to believe. <laughs> he gives me these looks and in fact, it was funny when he first got here, he'd be bouncing along, walking along beside me and he never looked where he was going. He always kept his eyes on me and I'd say, "Chester, Chester, watch where you're going." <laughs> at one point he walked right into a wall. I was like, "Oh, Chester." But I can't tell you he's the most loving, sweet, amazing little puppy. And, you know, he used to be part of a pair. It was Chester and Maple. Right. And, you know, and then Maple passed away. And Chester now thinks that he has to love us for the both of them.
0: He's the master of the house.
1: He is. He senses everything. He knows, like, if somebody's sad, he goes right into their lap and curls up. And he's always in the thick of everything, always in the middle of everything. He's just the best. Puppy, you could ever imagine.
0: And especially now, going through this horrific time in quarantine, how has he helped you get through this?
1: He's an entertainment center. You know, he's Chester the Court jester sometimes. (laughs) He just does things that keeps us laughing. I think he's kind of in heaven with everybody here all the time. You know, this is probably his happiest time because
0: we're always here. you know. Right. You're usually on the road. You're always yeah. traveling, doing something. And now he's got mommy all to himself. He always knows when
1: the suitcases come out, I see him, you know how they suddenly look like smaller. They look like they're sort of matted down. And he looks at the suitcases. He looks at me and he's, he does everything to make sure that he's going to go with me and the suitcases. And as often as I can, I do bring him with me, but
0: There are those times that he has to wait at home. So he, yes, you're so sweet. You initially saved him from a fate that Lord only knows what would have happened to this precious little puppy, even though he was adorable and he was a puppy, he was abandoned. He didn't have a home.
1: Yes. I always tell people, you know, Don't shop, adopt. I use all your catchphrases, Jill. And, you know, get a heart melter from the shelter. But it's really true. You know, you you like to think of the good that you're doing rescuing them. And then they come in your home and they make your
0: house a home. They bring so much unconditional love. I saw just last week where he came running up. You had gone out for like 20 minutes into the garden and he was (laughs) trembling, literally shaking. He was so excited to see you. Yeah.
1: He definitely makes you feel needed, loved, all of that stuff.
0: And I know that you've involved him in so many of your projects. I mean, everything you're doing within quarantine. And this week, you're going to be on QVC, not once, not twice, but three times.
1: Well, yes, I've got three shows in the four o'clock hour and then the next night at one thirty in the morning. That's going to be an interesting show to say. From your home. From my home, yep. I've been making the appearances like this on Zoom. And it's kind of fun, actually, to do it from my home. I, I design my set. You know, I get my beautiful Bellissima boxes out and I stack them behind me. My bottles, by the way, I happen to have them right here. <laughs> um, they just won an award for best design and best tasting on this Mark Oldman celebrity wine challenge that he does. And I was with some amazing wines. And we also won Best Bottle Design, which I designed the bottles.
0: It's pretty, right? It's beautiful. And And the the fact that you have the only sugar-free, how great is that?
1: Yeah, they're starting to catch up with me now. But we were the first sugar-free Prosecco on the market. We were ahead of the curve. My wines are, first and foremost, all made with organic grapes, which I'm really proud of that because in most wines, you get like approximately 52 chemicals on the grapes. And I'm a big believer. You know, I'm all into health and wellness and avoiding chemicals. I'm a lifelong vegetarian. So I'm really proud. And then I also was unaware, but I may have been drinking wines that were filtered through animal parts and I was getting trace amounts of animals in my wine. I had no idea. So my wines are vegan. We don't filter them through any animal parts, I'm very proud to say. I really am enjoying this end of the business because let's face it, I mean, I think that life... (sighs) It's so, I mean, it's so stressful right now in so many different ways. And, you know, I know people are out there struggling with the economy and people are struggling with just the pressures of dealing with COVID and their jobs and there's a million stressors. And so more than ever, we've got to take the time to find ways, even in the strictest quarantine, and take a moment to just unwind and enjoy and find something. My philosophy has always been
0: to just be grateful about what is going well. You know, having known you for over three decades and seeing everything that you've gone through in your life, I've been there when your children were born. I've been through divorce (laughs) with both of us. We've been through loss of parents. (laughs) We've been through so much together. And I can honestly say that if anyone has always been able to maintain a smile, to look on the bright side of things, to look at and find the light at the end of the tunnel, it's always been you.
1: Well, you know, there is a lot of power in a smile. They have literally proven that when you put your lips in a smiling position, it releases endorphins in your body. And that makes you feel good. That's why I'm so proud to be a Smile Train ambassador. And Smile Train has given over a million children a smile. And a smile is our way of, without ever saying a word, letting somebody know, I come in peace. I want to be your friend. I believe in the power of a smile in our own lives. I tell my kids all the time, just do me a favor. Just put your lips in the smiling (laughs) position. Just do it. You know, it even makes a little crackling noise when you do it. That always makes me laugh. You know, when you count your blessings and you go through your list of what you can be grateful for, no matter how horrible it is, what you're going through, it gives
0: you some perspective that makes it a lot easier. And I'll tell you what makes me smile is watching you with your kids All three of your children, Alexa, Joel, Jack, and Sailor are very gifted, but very different and talented in very different ways. What have you always tried to teach them?
1: I mean, I think the two things I want for my kids is for them to be happy and healthy. And I want them to discover, I always said to them, try and find a job that you love doing and then it's not work. It's your joy. And so I said, and and experiment and try different things and don't be afraid. And failure is great. You're at your most unique, usually when you make a mistake, because it hasn't been done before. Look at that and see how you can grow from there and just keep moving forward. Keep on trying things until you find that thing that you love.
0: You know, most parents, the kids move out, they move on and they rarely see them. Your kids are with you all the time. And it doesn't seem like they ever want to leave you.
1: Moms on Instagram say to me all the time, Oh, I wish that I saw my kids as often as you see yours. And I always say, It's all about the real estate, really. <laughs> it's like they want to come to the Hamptons,
0: you know, they want to be near the beach. But they also love being near mom.
1: Well, I I am realistic enough to know that. It's also that, but I feel so lucky. I remember when when Sailor was getting ready to go to college in New York City. We even though it was just New York City, it was like a you know the whole thing. Like, okay. I'm going to miss you. She was back that weekend with like eight new friends. (laughs) It was really funny too, because we did the whole moving out thing on Instagram and all the packing and loading her into the apartment and then farewell, bye, I'm going to miss you.
0: (laughs) Two weeks later,
1: hello. (laughs) Three days later, I think they had a half a week. (laughs) And in she comes with like five new friends, all to stay the weekend and it's never let up you know and i thought i was an empty nester for 3 days
0: <laughs> and you know when i talk to her friends they all say the same thing no one calls you miss brinkley you're one of the gang they call you christy you're definitely the coolest mom that must make you feel so good because it's the place people want to be
1: yeah everybody wants to right right now i'm you know i'm in quarantine with my 3 kids and their significant others and i Love it.
0: And your significant other, your dog Chester.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's so wonderful. It's been amazing. We cook together. I had this vision. I came out here, I think it was like sometime in February. I came out here to be in quarantine, you know, and I have this hill in my garden that I had tried to garden once, but all the plants tipped over because it was too steep. Right. I said, I'm going to. Paris, this hill, I'm going to make a victory garden because if we're going into quarantine and this thing, you know, like reading about the other pandemics in the world, I thought, you know, people will be out of work. People will need food. The food pantries will need food. I'm going to grow a victory garden for the food pantries. And so we got out there, Jack, we rented a tractor Jack got on that tractor. At one point, he was going steep, and it catapulted him out over it. Another time, it sort of rolled over, and then we got rid of the tractor, and then we did a lot by hand. We've got chickens now. We've got our own eggs. It has been such a great family, just project that feels so good. And- That's been a great thing to do together.
0: Yeah, during such a horrific time, you've turned it into such a positive bonding experience for you and your family.
1: Well, I always recommend if you have problems, you forget your problem the second you start helping someone else. And right now, since we can't physically help someone else, you know, because of the distance, being able to grow plants and see that progress actually see the seed or the bulb start to blossom and grow. It's so empowering and and it just makes you feel so good. So I had visions of, you know, my old red truck. I had visions of loading my whole flatbed full of vegetables and stuff and bringing it to the food pantry. I was only able to bring baskets of stuff and bring it to the pantry, and it it really made me feel good to know that we were able to, you know, just deliver fresh organic produce. Really
0: great. You really are in euphoria. When you are knee-deep in the dirt, this is my nightmare, and it's your heaven, but you're knee-deep in dirt, you've got a hoe, and I mean that as a tool, (laughs) and you're just planting away.
1: Nature, anytime I'm in nature... It is like I just I feel like this magical enchantment pass over me. You know, whether it's down at the shoreline or I love diving underwater, I love snorkeling, and I just am underneath there, just like, wow, this is amazing. I'm flying, I'm, you know, look at all this or taking a walk in the woods and all the things that, you know, the various kinds of mushrooms, the uh, various kinds of creepy things and snakes and spiders. I'm fascinated by it all. And I try and capture that and put it on my Instagram a lot because I hope people that don't have the opportunity to get out there and see that, maybe I can share that with them through my lens And they can develop the same love for Mother Nature and therefore want to help protect her as well, which is so necessary at this time. I mean, you know, watching what's happening in our country right now due to just climate change that's gone unchecked is really, really terrifying to see these wildfires that are completely out of control with no end in sight. The... Superstorms, the flooding that they create, the wind damage, the erosion along the shores and the mass migrations. Right here in Long Island, you know, we see the erosion on our beaches and we've got to take this. And hey, coronavirus, you know, over 20 years ago when the Department of Defense did the first major study on climate change, they called it. They said, we're going to be seeing these crazy global pandemics and infestations of beetles and trees, deforesting places where we need the forest to eat up the carbon. So it's something that we really need to take seriously. My job has taken me all over the world. And it's not just a little thing from our neighborhood. I see it everywhere
0: I go. In your career, since you've done so many things, not only to help the environment, what is left on this Brinkley bucket list that you would love to achieve?
1: I'm still very interested in getting into, because a lot of women say to me, well, you know, what do you eat? Do you take vitamins? Do you take, you know, any kind of supplements or whatever? I would love to expand into that area because I, you know, as a lifelong vegetarian, I do know a lot about nutrition and Food and there are superfoods and there are things that can help prolong your energy and your youthfulness, and you know, all those things that we always want to know about. So, that is an area of interest for me.
0: Yes, everyone refers to you as the fountain of youth. They say you're Dorian Gray, you never age. You're my fountain of youth, Felicity Prosecco.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I honestly do believe
0: that youthfulness
1: comes from an attitude and you know an attitude precedes you when you walk into a room the way you enter a room you give off a vibe you know so if you're happy you're making time to hang out with friends like Jilly who keeps us all laughing in our house you guys have no idea how funny she is I mean maybe you do if you listen to this radio show but She's hilarious
0: and she keeps <laughs> us laughing all day long. Oh, Christy, my mother's gonna love this. This has been such a joy for me. So exciting to Aww. get you on because you live by the three words that my father lived by. Live, love, laugh.
1: Yeah. Obviously, you know, I know there's a lot of people like, yeah, well, I do need to pay my bills right now, and I I know, but it is true that when it comes down to it. Laughter's the greatest medicine. It seems to cure everything and nothing like good friends and taking time to
0: enjoy them. So
1: thank you for making us laugh uh, for the past
0: 30 something years, Jill. And for all of us animal lovers, which is what this network is all about. We truly are so grateful to you for taking in an animal, for giving him a life, and in return, giving you such a joyful life. So thank you for that.
1: Oh, well, thank you for finding (laughs) my little Chester.
0: Oh, Christy, I love you. And great interview as always. Thank you. Now coming up on Rapaport to the Rescue, Bill Berloni will be joining us and telling us about his experience on a TV show where he's actually taking pit bulls and training them to be TV stars. Stay tuned. We wear fur, and we're damn proud of it. What? And our four legs. And our tail. And we go to the bathroom outside. Well, we may not be too proud of that. <laughs> Sniff around. Then mark your spot right here. Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets.
1: Let's Talk Pets. On
2: Pet Life Radio.
0: Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Report to the Rescue. I am joined now by Bill Berloni. And Bill, what a coincidence. I just turned my riding ring again into a drive-in movie theater. This time, for stars, Power Book 2, Ghost, 50 Cent was here, Christy Brinkley, who was just our guest. What a great interview she was. Her daughter, Alexa. We had incredible people here. And I call you, and I'm filling you in on all the glam. And what do you tell me? You're on the set of the show. Training dogs.
2: That's correct, Jill. Our worlds collide so often, but it's so interesting that yes, we both have a connection again with animals in show business. I've been working on power since 2014, and I've worked on not only the ghost spinoff, but I've also worked on the next one, Raising Cane. A really great show to work on.
0: Because we're living in these very stressful times, you didn't think you were gonna go back to work on a set. And here you are now working again. What exactly do you do? With these shows and these animals.
2: When we get scripts for a TV show or a movie, you know, I have to first find the dog that visually the director will approve of, and then also a dog that can do the behaviors. And in addition to my trained dogs, I represent a lot of other trainers who I've screened, and I know they train humanely, and their dogs are great. And so for the Power Series, we use a lot of dogs that I don't own, but they're just as good as mine
0: but you're still responsible for the training and the power series is rough and tough and gritty. How are you training these dogs and what are you training them to do?
2: Oftentimes the dogs are already trained, as I said, but they may not have the behavior that the script wants. So I'll meet with the trainer. I'll show them how to train the dog to either pick something up or bark at somebody or pull a lot. And then they'll continue to work with that. And we show up on set. I guide the scene. And uh, it looks great on TV.
0: So basically, Bill, you're training these dogs to be suitable for this show. These dogs are not up for adoption, but yet you are teaching them things that really are a little tough and not exactly pleasant. Is that good for the animal?
2: It's always good because, as I say to directors, dogs don't act. So when you need a dog to act aggressively, we have to find a very kind dog and get it to play really hard so it looks like it's aggressive. Or if it's the dog character have to be sad. We can't really make them sad. So we teach them to put their heads down or we teach them to roll over. So the training involves getting them to do other things to represent the emotions that are needed for the story.
0: It's amazing. Everything you do, first and foremost, taking these animals that need a home, providing the love and the shelter, but also making them stars. And now working with these other animals to have a second career, not just be a dog, but to be a super dog, on a series. It really must be so enjoyable for you. And I know you and I talked about this, the whole reason for this podcast, the beginning of the summer, you were scared, Bill. You really thought everything was going to dry up and you didn't know how you were going to feed your own animals.
2: It's very true. You know, Here in the New York area, they started filming September 1st and many shows are coming back. And I'm so grateful to Power and to Ghost for including me back in the series. They could have very easily cut the animals out of the script. So slowly but surely, our world is coming back, and that means it's going to get better for the animals.
0: And that's all that matters, all that counts with us. Right, Bill? Yep. Thank you so much. And before we end today, I would like to highlight a very special event that happens on the third Thursday of every September. This is year eight for this incredible, inspiring event called Remember Me Thursday. It was started by an amazing man by the name of Mike Arms. He is the president and CEO of the Helen Woodward Animal Center and a very good friend of mine. He started this to raise awareness for orphan pets so that people around the world could understand the importance of pet adoption and shine a light on On all of these orphan pets, waiting in shelters and rescues. So do not forget to pay homage, light a candle this Thursday, Remember Me Thursday. And thank you so much for tuning in today. This was a great show. And remember, always stay positive. Let's Talk Pets, every week
1: on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.